Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic Hits. I had a very interesting email, and I know that we talked recently about menopause. And I know recently we also talked um, about postnatal depression and all those things that affect women after they have a baby. And I found a very interesting email that we got yesterday. Uh, and I wanted to talk to you about it uh, because I think it does tie into it somehow. And there is a psychology, of course, of just being a human being, which can make life difficult in itself. And we all have things that we have little hang-ups about. But sometimes those hang-ups can consume your life, I suppose, in some way. And m- no more so when you listen to this email. Hi, now. I listen to your show all the time and I really appreciate the advice that your listeners give on a daily basis. Today, I need some advice. Myself and my wife have two beautiful children and, uh, and I have a nine and a half month old baby. After our first child, she lost uh, the baby weight really fast and was uh, loving the changes in her body and her life and having a new baby. I know they say that going from one child to two children is a big jump and we did feel it. It was a lot extra work, uh, but we both agree it's absolutely worth it. Our children are the light of our lives. Since our second child was born, I've noticed that my wife has become very insecure in herself and very withdrawn. I know she's struggling, but I'm just not sure how I can help her. She keeps saying that she hasn't bounced back to where she was and that she doesn't know if she's doing a good job anymore. She's doubting herself even as a parent. I, of course, have told her that she looks great, which is true, and she does look great. And she's a great mother to both of her children. It's gotten to the point where she won't even undress in front of me anymore because she's so upset in herself and feels that she has let herself go. I completely disagree with this. I still see her as beautiful. I love my wife and I really want to help her, but I'm not sure what I can do anymore. I'd really appreciate any advice any of your female listeners actually might have in relation to this. What can I do to make my wife feel good in herself and to support her through this very difficult time? Now, I don't know what you make of this guy's email, and I'm sure many men have been in this situation. So this kind of appeals to both men and women. And maybe you've been in that situation with your wife and you might give us some advice of what you did. Or maybe as a woman, you've been in this situation and you have bounced back, as she's, as he says. And you know where you were at that time and what you felt at that time and what you want your husband to say at that time. Because sometimes as guys, we feel like we just can't say the right thing. Like, because, you know, if you say to your wife, well, you are beautiful. Oh, but you're going to say that anyway. You're my husband and you're looking for something. You know, so we kind of feel like that sometimes and we feel like we can't give the right advice. So we want to hear your advice and what advice you would give this man. As a woman, what advice would you give this guy on how to make his wife feel better about herself? As a better parent, a better body, obviously because, obviously she has concerns because she won't undress at night in bed and maybe that is affecting her libido too, it could be. So what advice would you give him to support her? The number is 87 188 That's 87-188-0008. And I want to go to Irene Larry, who's a counsellor and founder of Nature Health. Good afternoon to you, Irene. Hi, Niall. How are you? And look, it's a very important situation, a very important topic that we never hear about, that guys are determined and desperate to try and help and support their wives, but they don't know how to do it, particularly after childbirth. Yes, I think it's very it's very challenging for men, and that's the reason why we support partners as well, mm. men and women as partners. So when, as you said, men sometimes, in fairness to them, are trying to do their best, they're trying to support their wives, they may have other children in the home, 
they've got their work to consider to get out of the house to try to go to work. Mm-hmm. And then they know that when they're in work, their wife is struggling. So it's very, very challenging and very emotionally upsetting for both uh, parents, well, what, what, I think. What do you say to a woman? I mean, he mentions that after her first child, she lost the baby weight, as they call it. Yeah. And obviously felt good about herself because mm. she was back to where she was. But on the second child, maybe she didn't. And that can happen too. It depends on the pregnancy. And mm. it depends on, I suppose, with two children, she'd probably a lot more work to do with the children and didn't have that time maybe to, for herself. And now I suppose she's losing confidence and she has a body image issue probably. Yeah, well, I think it goes deeper than that. I think that the, the, the bar is set very high for women in terms of the idea that you have a baby your first baby is difficult enough to have, to deliver, to go home. And um, if you think about it, you're two days in a hospital generally and you're landed outside the hospital with this baby. This little human being, what do I do with it? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And everybody expects that a woman is equipped to look after this baby, look after herself, look after her home. It's exhausting. And so women at times will struggle. There's 18,000 women across the land will suffer with postnatal depression annually. It's not talked about because, again, a bit like what this gentleman is saying, that the woman is embarrassed about her body, the sexual side of the relationship could suffer. But that's all suffering because she's struggling herself on the ground every day trying to manage these two babies and just probably needs some professional help, and that's where we come in. But some of the signs of postnatal depression is exactly what he said. You know, you're embarrassed to get too undressed in front of your husband. You don't feel sexy anymore. You don't feel attractive. And um, you've lost your identity somewhere in the way. Because let's mm. be honest, when a woman is single, you have that identity. You might be working, you might be full on, and then suddenly you're catapulted, you have a baby, and then you have a second baby. So do you go from and, being a woman to being a mother? And that's sometimes yeah. hard. That's like an identity crisis in some sense, yeah. and a woman finds that yeah. hard to deal with. And, yeah, and an awful lot of women will say that, that look at... I don't know who I am anymore, never mind the partners. Mm-hmm. So some of the side effects of postnatal depression is it is a debilitating mental health illness. There's absolutely no doubt about that. Crippling anxiety, panic attacks, not being able to talk to your friends or family, locking yourself down in terms of I, I won't take that call anymore, her world becoming smaller. And sometimes they just don't know where to turn to or... Mm-hmm. How to go about, you know what, I have to get out of this. Now, how am I going to do uh, it? And of course, if that's not addressed, you then could be into a situation where you might have postpartum psychosis, which is even worse again. And that and that has been diagnosed in women too after they've had babies. So if it's not addressed or if the woman is not supported or helped in some way. Well, what tends to happen is women will end up with clinical depression where they mm-hmm. could be depressed for many, many years. So there is a, a very simple solution. And that's the reason why I set up Nurture Health. It was to make sure that women out there in Ireland are supported immediately. No waitlist, reasonable fees and access. So we have 28 councillors nationwide working in, in the area of postnatal depression, traumatic birth, IVF, miscarriage, stillbirth. All those, I suppose, unspoken areas for women. Now, if you think about suicide, suicide in Ireland is spoken about all the time on, on most media yeah. channels. But this isn't. And I'm delighted that you're bringing it up today. And hopefully this gentleman who wrote in will be helping not only himself now, but lots of other women out there to talk about this, that this is how I feel. I'm struggling. Where do I turn to for help?
And is there a stigma? Is it almost like an embarrassment? Yeah. Do women think, I, I, I better not complain because I should be able to deal with this. I'm a woman, sure, I'm equipped to deal with this. That's what I should do. I'm a bad parent if I complain or if I say anything or if I say that I'm not enjoying this preg- or this baby or if I say anything like I don't feel I can handle this baby or I don't feel I can deal with the responsibility. And a lot of women feel like that. They're almost embarrassed to come out and say something. Yes, I think it's massively stigmatised and taboo. Women are isolated. They're feeling alone. It, none of these feelings as well, Niall, it's important to say on radio today, are theirs to hold. It is not their fault. You've got hormone levels coming back down again too. Mm-hmm. And that takes approximately about a year to sort itself out. And some of this is the hormone levels coming back down again. And, getting, and, and you're lost in translation. Women will say they're overwhelmed. They they sleep deprivation. If you don't have a baby who doesn't sleep, mm-hmm. what do you do? I mean, that exasperates a mental health issues on both sides for men and women. So we're all about men talking as well. Our experience was that we lost two young women, two young women battling postnatal depression through suicide in the early days. I'm sorry and that's that. the reason why I set it up. So mm-hmm. men are important to be able to find channels like ourselves to pick up the phone. We, we take calls every day from men saying, look, I'm struggling. I don't know what to do. And the best way this man can help his wife is get her to talk to us or we will talk to her. No problem. Absolutely and, no problem. And, and going forward for women. So what are the yeah. warning signs? When I say the warning signs, what are those signs that women need to look out for or that maybe husbands can look out for in a wife where maybe she's struggling and needs help because sometimes you don't want to ask to somebody who needs help immediately because you know you don't want to make them feel like they're a bad person or a bad parent or they're not doing something right so you mm-hmm. want to you, you want to give a little bit of leeway because obviously it's it is a challenging time anyway when you're bringing a baby home sure. for the first time mm-hmm. so what are the warning signs to look out for well baby blues every woman will have baby blues up to 14 days after you have your baby mm-hmm. anything over that when you start moving into a month 6 weeks it's postnatal depression. And that signs will be a woman is struggling herself, crippling anxiety, um, just not feeling herself. She may say it, she may not. Uh, she's feeling overwhelmed. And it is, as you say, more than challenging to turn around and say to people, and that's the problem with society, I am struggling. I have this baby. And most women will turn around and say, well, I don't know what's your problem. You have a new baby. So it's shutting yourself down, closing yourself off, both to your loved one and your own friends. They are the signs and symptoms. And how common all. how common is postnatal depression? I mean, I mean, what what would be the percentage of women, um, say, on a first baby? Is it more common on a first baby? Is it more common on the second baby? And what is the percentage of women that would would go through some level of postnatal depression? Well, it, it, diagnosed every year is eighteen thousand women. Right, thirteen thirteen and a half are diagnosed, and fifty percent remain under the radar, because women are ashamed and embarrassed to talk about it. So it's a huge issue. That's a huge number in Ireland alone. Yes, that is a huge number. It's a huge number. Now, if you think about that, if the woman, with all due respect to men, is not, the woman is the captain of the ship, while men are home or women are working or whatever, they have to make sure the home is tickety-boo, the babies are looked after and everything else. It's a huge challenge for them also right but the problem is if the woman is not well in herself it has a direct effect on children socially in school it, it just dominoes through a family and there isn't enough um, resources out there for women to actually go to uh, 
different organisations. I really thought when I set this up 11 years ago that there would be other organisations setting up after, after us, but there isn't. We're the only one in Ireland offering a no-wait-list policy, uh, affordable counselling, and we're also aligned with the insurance companies. So if women have private health insurance, they can get a reimbursement. So in other words, there's no, and there's no reason, and don't be afraid to go along to think that, oh, I'm a failure if I have to do something like this, because you're not, because it's very common, and that's something yeah. that we need the, the message to go out there, that there's nothing unique about the fact that you're feeling like that. A lot of women go through this. Yes, they do. And I'm sure women listening today, some women don't know exactly what is going on for them. They know something's not right and something's off, but it's not theirs to hold. It's not there for them to blame themselves. It's nothing to do with them. One woman said to me last week, oh, I brought this on myself. I said, sure, why would you bring that on yourself? Nobody would bring it on. And so but, but, how do you, but how do you deal with a situation, say like this husband, and he's telling his wife, look, you're gorgeous, you're attractive, you're sexy, she doesn't want to undress in front of him, etc., etc., right? And and he feels he's trying to do everything he can. And maybe if he goes as far as saying, to her, well, look, you know, do you want to make, make an appointment with a counsellor or your doctor or to talk mm-hmm. to somebody? And she's going, no, I'm grand. Please stop saying that to me. Don't be so silly. I'm grand. But, you know, because people can be in denial, not just men but, or women, but men as well. Mm-hmm. But when you're feeling like that, you can be in denial. Well, I think a lot of women are in denial because it's the last port of call. We've given out leaflets to women and they've phoned maybe six months later saying, oh, put that leaflet in a shoebox at the bottom of the wardrobe. I didn't really want to address it, but I'm on it now. We are the first port of call. So most women, 80% of our business comes through phones. 20% is booking online. Women need to talk. They need to find a place to actually talk about this. It's not theirs to hold, but I think where the professionals out there can support these women is refer them to us. All the counsellors are accredited. They're fully trained up in this area. We're specialists in it. It's signpost that if a woman is struggling and where this man is concerned, he can call us. We'll talk with him. Absolutely. Okay, well, listen, I think that's the key, isn't it? Professional help when you feel it gets to that point. And I want to thank you very much indeed, Irene Lowry, who is a counsellor and founder of Nurture Health. And the website, by the way, is nurturehealth.ie. And they have a contact page there if you need to get in contact with them. Now, let me go to Fiona as well. Uh, Fiona, you're on Ireland's Classic Kids. Fiona, you've heard the message from this guy who feels kind of helpless to help his wife. What do you reckon he does? Um, hiya. Hi, you doing? I'm basically, she sounds like me. She sounds like um, you. Yeah, I've just had my second baby. Congratulations. Um, eight months ago. Sorry, it was eight months ago. It wasn't just now. But um, I basically, um, I have two girls, and this is my second girl, and I had postnatal depression with my first girl. Okay. So I know what it's like. And this time, I've got it again. But I only got diagnosed and back on my meds about a month ago. And when you so say when, when you say you had postnatal depression again... What were the signs for you? I mean, how did you, for people maybe who don't understand those signs and believe, oh, this yeah. is something normal about having a baby, I should feel like this, I'm sure I'd be grand. What were the signs yeah. that you recognised immediately? Because obviously you've been through it before. What were the signs that you recognised? Um, that's the thing, it's tricky because, like, I knew from before what it was like. Mm-hmm. And it still snuck up on me. Because, you know, you're sleep deprived. So sometimes you think, oh, I'm just having a bad day. And of course, because of COVID, <laughs> that didn't make We've it better. Quite a year. So I was like, okay, maybe I'm just a bit, you know, I'm feeling a bit down because I haven't seen my sister or my family. And because, you know, you've none of the support systems that you usually, sorry, she was saying hi. Yeah, I, can, I can hear her saying hi. Yeah. Saying hello. <laughs> talking as well. um, yeah, you don't have the support systems you usually have either. Yeah. So, 
So um, there's a lack, I, there seems to be a lack of understanding of women when they're going through this situation because obviously Irene mentioned the stigma or the embarrassment. Yeah, and, yeah. and there's almost an embarrassment of saying something to somebody in case they think you're a failure as a parent or something like that. Or she can't handle it. You know what I mean? Or, oh, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. There's this it, whole, you know, it used to be the grannies and the granddads and the, the neighbours and the kids next door and everybody was around. And now there's just kind of me and my husband. Um, my dad is around, I'm very lucky, but, you know, it's it's really hard with two little kids in a lockdown, especially. Yeah, and then I suppose you're getting advice from everybody you know, on what you should and you shouldn't do, yeah, because nobody is, gives you a book a, with a child. No, there is a generational difference as well with the whole mental health thing. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad's great because he has had mental health things, totally different, obviously not postnatal depression, but he's had other stuff as well, so he yeah. understood. But even with all that and with knowing everything, my husband didn't notice and my dad didn't catch it either. And we want to identify, yeah, we do, we do need to mention as well that many women go through, as I already mentioned, the baby blues, which lasts probably about one or two yeah, weeks out of yeah, the medical hospital. Normal. Yeah, that, yeah, that's quite normal, obviously, because yeah, it's the whole absolutely. shock of having a human being that you're responsible yeah. for suddenly now, all of a sudden. And your hormones drop. Mm-hmm. You know, after about four days, I think it is, you have this huge hormone dump. And I literally cried for two days. You cried for two weird. days? Yeah, because it was just your hormones just, like, collapse or whatever and mm. um, I think I was about six days in and I just cried the whole time and then I was okay again because I was actually I, I'm um, because I got diagnosed the first time I'm with the coom and they keep an eye on you okay the time, you All know, right. which is great so, so you're under um, observation was, so to speak yeah well I just you know I touch base with my, my psychiatrist and she'd give me a buzz and just check in on me and we do a zoom just to see how I was doing and um, so I was okay I know I was okay because I saw her at Christmas but then the lockdown in January hit and the baby stopped sleeping more than two hours. Um, okay. And just, yeah. Kind of and, and describe for me, if, it, if you can go back to the first baby and when you yeah. obviously got postnatal depression first and for young yeah. mothers who are out there listening at the moment or, or people expecting, or women expecting a baby at the moment. I mean, yeah. what, what, what was your average day like when you were going through the worst part of that? I mean, did you feel like a bad parent? Did you feel useless? Are you there? Yeah, sorry. Um, I said I didn't want my kids. You didn't want them. No, it's okay. I'm sorry. I, I, I don't. I don't mean to upset you. No, it's fine. It's just um, I'm feeling better now because I'm back on my meds, so now I can actually get upset about it. But you're numb. So yeah. See, it's very different for every person. I don't want to make it sound like, you know, if you don't feel numb, then you haven't got it. Yeah. So it's not a tick. It's not a checklist. But if if I had always heard about the connection with your baby yeah, and, you know, all this kind of stuff. The bonding with your baby. And, and I this... kept waiting for it to come mm-hmm. and it didn't come. Okay. And that's not really the kind of thing you can bring up at a breastfeeding group with women you barely know or with relatives who have got three kids. You know, it's a really, that's, you have to be pretty brave to bring that kind of conversation up with someone. Yeah, but so um, as as a as a young woman, when you're having a baby, there's this dream in your head that when you have the baby and you hold the baby for the first time, some ma- something magical happens and there's this bonding yeah, that happens. And you didn't yeah. feel that because of the depression no. you were suffering. And I didn't realize until I had my second baby mm-hmm. because I felt it with my second baby. So and I didn't have a basis for comparison, you know, as a first-time mum. And there are a lot of women who feel like that, who feel they don't want their baby after the baby's born they, because it just overwhelms them so much and it is overwhelming. I, I yeah, can only imagine yeah, what it's I mean, like. You have to differentiate between the loss of identity you had before of being, you know, you go from being you and having all these things that you identify as and then suddenly you're a mom and it's, 
mm-hmm. takes over all these other things. So you kind of lose yourself for a little while. And some daddies do too. Or sorry, I don't want to make it all about No, no, no. And I, but I think what the email is suggesting, and something that's very important that we need to talk about, is how the husbands or partners can support somebody in your situation. I mean, I don't know, at that particular time, when you didn't want the babies and you felt that this wasn't for you after you'd had them and you were going through this depression. I mean, what yeah. did you want your partner to do or how could he have helped or could he have helped? Um, I've talked to him about it since because obviously we needed to talk about it a bit. Yep. And um, he, he probably, in hindsight at the time, obviously, um, should have made me go to get help sooner. Yeah. But he felt it wasn't his, you know, he didn't want to inter- intervene or whatever or, like, kind of get between me and the baby or whatever. But he says now, looking back on it, I was saying weird stuff. Apparently. Yeah. Um, I don't remember saying any of it, but he said, you know, do you think the baby loves me? Apparently I said that. You asked him, do you think the baby I loves me? Him, I, I would ask him things like, you know, do you think the baby loves me? Does the baby know who like, I am? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, but he was like, well, yeah, obviously. Yeah. But obviously now, if he knew that now, he would be like, yeah, that's... And you look back at all those irrational thoughts you had then, but see, yeah. you can look back in hindsight, I suppose, now. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, this time was different. This yeah. time was much more anxiety-based and um, very dark thoughts this time. Okay. So a lot of time in my head, and then, um, although we're obviously been isolated because of COVID, you know. Yeah, that makes it more difficult. Yeah. And, and just before I go into the break. Even uh, then, I still wasn't, sorry, I still wasn't calling people. Yeah. You know, and, and. The worst part for me this time has been, I'm just so tired. <laughs> yeah. It, um, well, it is. It's, look, you know, I mean, when, particularly if you have a baby that's not sleeping very well, and if you are breastfeeding, of course, as well, which means that your partner can't help as much with the feeding aspect of it. I mean, it can be very difficult, I imagine. And and as you rightly pointed out, sleep deprivation can play great tricks on your mind as well. Yeah, I mean, it's a form of torture. <laughs> it can be. It can be. You wouldn't put somebody yeah. through it. So why no. people want to go through no. it willingly is beyond me. But there again, we do it because we love our children, and we do it because of absolutely. mankind. And it's it's absolutely worth it. I mean, I want of course to love mom so much. Like, yeah. Know, I'm and how do you how do you um, feel now? How do you feel now, Fiona? Well, I'm two weeks back on my. I'm four. No, I'm a month back on my meds. Okay. Uh, it goes up in doses, and I'm still on a really low dose. Um, but luckily, I'm very responsive. So good. Um, today is actually. It's strange that that I heard you today on the radio because today's the first day I feel like myself again. I'm delighted to hear that. Which is very random. And do you <laughs> do you? I mean, and I mentioned that to Irene about going from being a woman to going to be a mother, and this is where the identity problem happens. So, do you feel like a woman again today, or do you feel like a little bit of both? I'm still not okay. I know I'm not because I still have. I can be fine for a couple of hours and then I'll kind of drop down a bit and I'll just want to be by myself mm-hmm. um, or away from the kids. Yeah. I know people feel that, you know, you do feel that as a parent anyway. Oh, well, you do, yeah. It's very different, you know, it's like... Oh, sure, I remember it. I have three children. I remember wanting to go to the toilet just yeah, to get away from them. Like, <laughs> I just want to go to the toilet and close the door by myself. I want to go to the toilet by myself. Yeah. yeah. Not bring them yeah. in in a little carrier and have them yeah. sitting beside you. Yeah, I'd really like to just pee by myself. <laughs> <laughs> Fiona, um, it's been lovely I, talking to you. And thank I, you very much for talking about this. It's really important. And, and I like, I have an Instagram account and I've dropped off the face of the earth on it because I want to talk about it. Okay. But I'm not brave enough to do it on Instagram. So it was great to be able to talk to you about it today. I'm Thanks delighted so you came on. And thank you for sharing your experience because I'm sure there's many women around the country listening to you going, I can identify exactly what Fiona yeah, is saying. Well, go to your GP. 
you can, you will get better. Yeah. You will get better. Like, I, it shouldn't be as much as, if you're struggling, it shouldn't be struggling as much as, you know, you shouldn't yeah. be dark and... No, not by yourself. there's always help available. There absolutely is. Fiona, listen, thank you very much indeed for sharing that with us. A lot of people texting in, by the way, very happy that we raised the issue, that a lot of people maybe felt that they weren't understood before. Let me go to Suzanne. Uh, Suzanne, you're in Ireland's class of kids. How are you doing? Good, Ireland yourself. Good. I mean, look, this is a problem that we don't talk about much because maybe women sometimes are afraid to talk about it because they feel that if I say something, they'll think I'm a failure as a parent. Well, mine stems back now 21 years. After my first child, I got depression. Yeah. My husband found me sitting on the, hanging out the window on the top floor of the apartment blocks we lived up in town. Oh, my. Yeah, and that's about, but they, as I said, back then it wasn't recognised. I came home to the family home to stay for a while, and rather than helping out, it was literally, they took the baby away. And I was prescribed medication. Six weeks afterwards, taken off, which is fine. Then I had my next child six years later. And like that, the nurse came in and she was amazing and she noticed it. And I was in denial because of how I was treated on the first child. And like, so I would have had depression the whole time, even leading up to my second child. But see, this is the world we live in. We now have a better understanding, of course. Yeah. I mean, look, don't get me wrong. At the time, people who had depression or had any kind of clinical diagnosis were put into a mental institution sometimes. You know what I mean? So that's the way we dealt with things. That's what I was saying to, to read there. I then lost a set of twins. And I'll never forget the experience I had in the current hospital that I swore I would never go back again. And I had my third child. And after my third child, my GP said, no, we do the coup, they know your history. And like that, no, no support I had. I had no support whatsoever. And then on my fourth child, I literally broke down and I did end up in hospital for 10 days. Now, my husband, God love him, he was literally blinkers on. Yeah. Blinkers on. And when I ended up in hospital, it was a case, she's not coming home. She's not coming back to this house. Until he then sat down with the doctors and he got a full understanding. And I think that's what that man in that letter needs to do. I well, actually, you know what? Coincidentally, this is something that we spoke to Andrew McGinley about the other day, who sadly his uh, three children yeah, were killed by yeah. his wife. And he talked about the cooperation between the GP and the partner as well, or bringing somebody else and involving yeah. somebody else in the diagnosis and the plan. They tend not to want to do that because I know from previous children, because when my wife was going in and out, they would never allow someone to come in until I ended up in hospital. Yeah. Then, you know, it, he intervened. And then he got the full understanding. And like, and when, when you were when you were going, I, just to give people some indication of how you felt at that time. And, and by the way, I hope you're I okay do. now. I, I suffer terribly now with depression as a result of anxiety. And by the way, did you? Can I ask a question? By the way, before you had children, I mean, were you susceptible to depression? Did you already have I a? I don't think so. I was always, I always kind of kept to myself, but that's because of my upbringing. I yeah. was never, you know. Where my friends were going out to discos at 13 and 14 years of age, I was never allowed outside the door. Right. Because our family, you know, aunts and whatnot, they would have all had kids at an early age. And I was the first one that would finish the secondary school, you know, no kids hanging out with me. And I don't mean that in a bad way. Can, but sorry, sorry, Susanna, can I ask you, are, are you on a speakerphone? Because it's just. No, a, actually. It's just a little, sorry, it's just a little bit difficult to hear. But it's okay, it's okay. It's okay. So, 
I mean, to describe to people how you felt, you know, you know, when you were having your babies and you went through that depression. Oh, I, I mean, did you did you not I, want to get up I, in the morning? I mean, it was that. Any, my first child is twenty one years old. Still in Ireland, he might. That's how it is. It's pretty much like if I didn't have him, I wouldn't be where I am today because yeah. I don't speak to nobody. I've no no close friends around. I don't have any family. Like, my father passed away, and I was asking questions up until he died. And they were like, no, he's fine. He's fine. And yet I was the strong... Even though I'm the one that suffers with depression and anxiety, I was the strongest one that was there to try and support them all through it. And then they put me through hell then afterwards that I then relapsed. So it sounds, it, when it, it sounds... It does sound to me like you were... Well, it does sound to me like you were abandoned by the system, so to speak. Oh, big yeah. Big time. And even now, like, I was on to my, my GP, not my GP, I was on to my psychiatrist two weeks ago. I, because of lockdown, I'm not a drinker. And at Christmas time, I took to drinking. So I couldn't take my meds. And when I came off my meds, I was tenfold worse, but I was covering it. And then he realised there's something going on. Yeah. And I then was put on new meds. But my argument with my doctor was, you know, there was no such thing as Zoom calls. It was literally, I was getting not even a five-minute call with my psychiatrist. I know. Look, that's been very difficult for everybody not to be actually face... Look, there's nothing better than being face-to-face with somebody and explaining what is actually wrong with you rather than being on the end of a Zoom call. But just before I go into the break, Suzanne, what advice would you give to this husband? Now, clearly, her situation is not as serious as yours. I don't think so from the email. he hasn't seen anybody, he really needs to put his foot down and see someone and support her all the way. He's going to hear things that he, that there will be no going back from. He may not like, but it'll have to come out how she's feeling. And all he can do is support her. And do you recognise what she's doing at the moment? She, Like, for example, he mentions that she won't get undressed in front of him. She's become very conscious of her body. Oh, she doesn't believe she's I sexy. And I am very much where I would be like, oh, I've put on weight. No, you haven't. And I was like, I came down the stairs going back a couple of weeks ago and I had a pair of trousers on me. And he actually says to me, they're hanging off you. Now, they were hanging off me, but in my head, they weren't hanging off. But looking at the outside, they were hanging off. Yeah, yeah. And it's just, it, we see things in a different light when, when you're in a full-blown situation. No, no, I, I, I get it. And it, be, and it becomes obsessive. And I do understand that. Susanna, listen, thank you very much indeed for sharing that with us and I appreciate it. And I'm sorry you had to go through all that and I hope that things work out better for you and I appreciate you coming on the air. Loads of people, by the way, ringing up with their stories. A lot of people saying the same thing, by the way. Uh, not, it's great to hear somebody talking about these things. I went through the exact same thing on both of my children. Uh, somebody else said, Niall, uh, listening to these women, it makes me feel better that I'm not the only one that feels like that. I only had a baby six weeks ago. Kind of got some good news and bad news. Arian, who was on earlier on from NurtureHealth.ie, told us that they're inundated with calls. And that, that's kind of good news, I suppose, that, that people are reaching out. But it's also bad news that that many people are so affected by this that they felt they need to reach out and and that's great by the way people should reach out if they feel like this and particularly husbands and wives to support each other they should reach out and people are asking me again the name of the website it's nurturehealth.ie um, and there are many other organisations of course that you can ring as well and talk to people well as many as I'm, I'm not aware of them all but I'm sure there are other organisations that you can reach out you can talk to your local GP as well of course if you feel depressed after you have a child and it's very often the case that early intervention is always the best and is always the key. Don't wait till it gets too late. And mind you, it's never too late, if you know what I mean, but don't wait till it gets to a point where you feel it's too late. Let me go to Neve. Neve, you're on Ireland's Classic Kids. How are you doing? 
How are you doing, Matt? How are you? Good. Uh, Neve. I mean, I didn't realise, I mean, I'm looking at all the texts coming in here, I didn't realise that so many women suffered so badly after having a child and lost their identity, essentially. Absolutely. It's overwhelming. I mean, even if you're not specifically classed as having postnatal depression, it can, and going from one to two, it, it, it's, it, it's so different because she's probably still running around after the first one as well. Yeah. On the, when you have your first baby, you can put all your energy into that one baby and you sleep when that baby sleeps. But when you have a toddler as well, for example, that toddler isn't sleeping. Yeah, because when the baby trying, is sleeping, you have to look after the toddler as well. And you're trying to shush the toddler and oh, shush, the baby's asleep and the toddler is maybe playing up because it's a bit jealous or it wants your attention more because this new little interloper has come into its life. Yeah. And they could be playing up. And I'll tell you one thing, no one, but no one puts up their bad days if she's looking at the likes of social media or no one puts up their bad days. No, no one says, I look like I've been dug up today. <laughs> no, they're all sitting there with their full face of the makeup and, you know, looking as if motherhood is just something that they, they just manage perfectly. But none of us manage perfectly. We all have the days where we go out and we forget that we're still in our slippers. Yeah. You know, and, and you've, or, do, you've you done know. that, obviously, Neve. That's a personal experience. Uh, there, that that comes from personal experience. I mean, I went to remember distinctly going to Tesco one day, and turning around and saying, "Now we're going to go and get the butter." I hadn't brought the children with me that day. Right. They must have thought I was <laughs> met, like for the bird. I was talking to a trolley, and then I, I just got. Did I you actually? Myself, did you actually? Uh, I mean, did you actually yeah. feel like you were going mad? Yeah, because I, I, I noticed that when I was standing at, you know, you might be standing at the checkout, you were rocking the trolley back and forth. And like, yeah, because you're so used to rocking the baby yeah. to sleep, yeah. You were rocking your groceries. <laughs> no, but I, I do remember the feeling of when, when I was, uh, you know, a father and my children were all young and I always used to have these little puke stains on my shoulder. Um, <laughs> I, I always felt like I had that weight on my arms of holding a baby. Yeah. Um, you know, when I'd be holding them all the time. And, and when it wasn't there, it was almost like a phantom Thing. You know, you kind of felt you were the there. That, that's why I told the trolley we were going to go and get the butter now. You know, uh, that's why people go, ah, oh, bless her, she's lost. Yeah, but on a serious <laughs> note, I mean, I mean, I don't know how serious, um, you know, it got from your point of view, but when I look at some of the texts coming in here, and women, you know, absolutely devastated by this postnatal no, no. depression. And, absolutely, and yeah. I was so lucky. When I look back, I did not have postnatal depression. I had the baby blues, like every other woman gets, and I snapped out of it after a few days and I was able to carry on and postnatal depression is not the baby blues and nobody should ever say to anybody ah you'll be grand in a few days get a good night's sleep have a bath it's like any you wouldn't say that to somebody who was depressed in any other way so don't say it to a woman she isn't just having a bad day. She is actually... Yeah, you wouldn't, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't walk up to somebody who was clinically depressed and slap them on the shoulder and say ah cheer up there now will you? I mean, exactly. You no, know, you'd want yeah. to get them help of course. And you and, you know, and, and don't say to them as well, oh, I understand I had a baby too. No, you don't understand because I don't understand postnatal depression because I didn't have it. And every, and every, every woman is different. Every childbirth Absolutely. is different. And every experience and is different. He's, he's so wonderful, the, the husband, to be reaching out for help. He sounds like a lovely man. And it's so hard for him because he's helpless. So how does he... But, I mean, she... To me, it doesn't seem like she's too depressed, right? Okay, because he doesn't say that she's going through, you know, huge amounts of depression or anything like that. But maybe he's not mm. noticing it or maybe she's well, good, exactly. at, good at she hiding could be it. She hiding it yeah. because she doesn't want people to think that she's not coping. Because as I said, no one ever shows 
that they're not coping if she's looking at social media or her other friends maybe in the mother and baby group who might have taken everything they have to have a shower that morning but they she'd say oh they look better than me look they managed to put makeup on i didn't they don't have puke stains on their shoulder i do but if she could talk to the um public health nurse they're brilliant and she will be going for checkups with the baby so maybe if he could go with her and say okay. oh, i'd love to sit in with us and, and then say look can we just talk about this? And she's okay. So well, no, no, no. I do get what you say. It's all about. It is all about communication. And I only got a minute and a half, and I want to go to Michelle very quickly because uh, Michelle, you're a maternity nurse, and you provide care in Cork. Yes, I am a registered midwife, and I provide private care in Cork. So I support the parents in Cork when they've had their baby. They're home from hospital. Um, maybe the public health line, health nurse is no longer calling. Then I will call and support the parents, and they can leave the house. And have go for coffee and leave the baby with a trusted professional. Right, and and I'm sure you've talked to lots of women who are in this situation. Uh, they have an identity crisis, which I'm hearing a lot of today, because obviously they go from being women to being mothers, uh, and they go to not only the baby blues, but they also go through serious depression. Absolutely, and I do a lot of night work as well, and I think exhaustion can contribute to postnatal depression hugely. I do a lot of night shifts where I get to the houses in the evening around nine o'clock, and I take the baby for the parents and they get a full night's sleep and then I leave in the morning at seven and go back to my own babies and um, it really helps. I think a night's sleep... Right, I so as, as well as dealing with other people's children, you're dealing with your own as well. So you have your... I wonder, do you need to call somebody? So in saying that, Michelle, if somebody needs somebody like you to come along, how do they do that? I mean, how do they approach that or how do they get that help? Well, I'm actually a maternity nurse, and they're actually very hard to find. I worked as a maternity nurse in London for 20 years, so I have lots of experience, and then I brought my business back to Cork. But um, there's a business called Doula Care Ireland, and they are in Dublin, and they're all over Ireland, as far as I know, and they provide do- provide doulas, which are very similar to maternity nurses, mm-hmm. and they do an amazing That's job. That's right, a doula will be there throughout the whole pregnancy if you want them to be, yes. Uh, absolutely, you can actually get a doula antenatally as well. Right, okay. They also do the, the crucial postpartum support. They come to your house and, similar to me, they look after the mum, look after the baby, they provide meals. They're really, really great for support as well, doulas. Right. So um, there, there is support out there, you know. There if, you, if, you look, if you have a quick look, there, yeah, you will find support out there somewhere to help. And that's what this husband should do in this case. Listen, it's been lovely talking to you, Michelle. Thank you very much indeed. And thank you to everybody who got involved in the show. And everybody, who, by the way, texted. I couldn't read out all your texts and WhatsApp messages. Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi-award winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic Hits.